Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another week. Um, my guest for today is Yelena Galuza, a very good friend of mine. Um, Yells and I used to play in a band together called Outright, and she still plays in that band. Um, and we've been friends for quite a while since I moved to Melbourne, and um, yeah, she's a very interesting person, someone who's got a lot of good opinions and interesting thoughts on things, and I thought she would be a good person to have on the podcast to discuss about um, her experiences in music and, um, you know, the life that she's led so far, which I find to be rather interesting and inspiring. Um, But yeah, so uh, we had a good chat about all of those things, and um, I drank some beer, and she drank some tea. And she brought cupcakes, which was fantastic. Um, So yeah, here's a conversation between me and my friend Yells. Um, Just quickly, wanted to give another quick spruik of the social media accounts that we've got. Follow us on those things for updates. Um, Apologies in the delay last week. I had some issues with SoundCloud, but hopefully that won't occur again. If it does, I'm sure I will take to the internet to vent about them um yeah really excited for some of the things i got coming up i've got a lot planned a lot of cool guests that i've spoken to about doing this over the next couple of weeks so it should be really cool but yeah for now here's oblivious maximus number six with yells from outright brutal Okay, welcome to my podcast. Thank you. Let's cheers. You. Oh, that sounds like you're drinking. <laughs> um, I find that teacups cheers even better than beer bottles do. Yeah. That was a nice loud little of air peak. to escape yeah. from the top. Yeah. Um, all right. So, you've heard them before. All of them start talking about how you got into music. So, hit me with it. How did you... What was your introduction to music? Well, I've got a few milestones for music because okay. I've got all the kids stuff. Like, yeah. I was obsessed with Peter Coombs. Yeah. And my chipmunks covering yeah. <laughs> other artists was, yeah. like, on high rotation. And I actually think that was a really good bridge for me to find out about, like, mainstream kind yeah. of music. Yeah. But, um, obviously, in a kid's version. Yeah. Um, definitely had the Barbie and the Rockers cassette tape. <laughs> It was white with pink writing and came with my own Barbie in like spandex and fluoro pink sparkly shit. And that yeah. was mad. But um, the, I reckon if you're going to go as early as possible, mm. my sister keeps telling me this story about how I was three years old, asleep on the couch, like bum, like a head on the pillow, bum in the air, yeah. asleep in the couch. And she came upstairs to me singing Pseudo Echoes, Are You Listening? Yeah. Or whatever it's called, in my sleep when I was about three. So <laughs> I don't know what was going on there, but obviously there was some osmosis yeah, yeah. just coming in. So that's that's probably the earliest thing I can think of. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like through obviously all the kids stuff, 
Yeah. Because um, in the eighties, I reckon is when there was a lot more music incorporated into kids stuff. Yeah. Um, well, it was like it was a time when they were trying to uh, market everything. Like yeah. Everything needed to be sold. Everything needed to have like a product on it. So music it. was an easy way to get that out. There. But even without that, there was something in my brain. Like music yeah. just worked in my brain. Yeah. And even if it was, you know, the TV might be on all day, but as soon as the song would come on, I would just stop and okay. be hypnotized by it. So I reckon I just worked on that level. Yeah. But um, probably the first record I bought was Depeche Mode, which wow. is again my sister's okay. influence. Um, and then she first took me, she took me to my first punk show when I was about 10 mm-hmm. at this rad venue in Wollongong. It was called Tsunami. Mm-hmm. It was upstairs. It felt like a basement venue, but it was upstairs, all ages space. Yeah. And I just remember going in every single drum beat hurting yeah. my eyes and making <laughs> that forced blinking. And I'm yeah. going, how do people listen to this? Yeah. Um, but loving it, but just going, oh my God, live music is intense. Yeah, yeah. And kids were kicking, like crowd surfing kids were kicking holes in the ceiling oh, and wow. it was mad. Who played the show? Well, we went because my sister's boyfriend's band had been playing, mm-hmm. were playing on the show, but I actually think it was a really early body jar show. Okay. It might've even been when they were helium. Right. But cool. I'd have to do the maths cause I was around 10. So I'd have to do the maths to figure out. What it was. Yeah. Um, so that was mad. And then from then on, I was just like stealing all of her records. Yeah. So what what were, what were things was she listening to at the time? How much older is she? Than She's you? 12 years older than me. Okay, wow. So it was a pretty big gap. So right. that's why um, all of the 80s new wave stuff was massive when she was a teenager. Right, right, and I okay. picked it up being really little. And she was just like, I was modeling my entire existence on right. her because she was my big sister. And yeah. I looked up to her and all of that. So... And she was always playing it, so... And I think, like, our family stuff's always pretty shit, so yeah. music was her escape, and then it ended up sure. being mine as well. Um, so, there was a lot of that in the 80s. Yeah. And then a lot of grunge, mm-hmm. probably as well in the early 90s, and then that kind of crossed over with punk. Yeah. In the mid to late 90s, and so for me, punk was my avenue more mm-hmm. so. Um, and she also worked in independent record stores as well. Yeah. So it was the full range, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so through that, I found out through punk kids at school and would go to my own hardcore shows yeah. from when I was like 12 or so. And Wollongong had a really good kind of DIY vibe going on. So yeah. that was mad. Like you just hang at the youth center and there'd be bands yeah. playing, whether they were local or interstate. So there was like a weekly show kind of. Yeah. I think every Thursday night, if I remember correctly, <laughs> yeah. was often local bands. Yeah. And so you'd often hang out and, and um, once my sister, she went overseas for a few years and I actually took, essentially took her job in the record store. She was oh, wow, working cool. at called Redback Music yeah. when I was about I've 14. Been there, I think maybe. Maybe. It shut down a few years ago, I think, but you might have earlier. Like 2002, three it would have the, been open then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it would have been open. Yeah. And it was in the mall and there was a big yeah. grassy patch out the front. Yeah, I yeah. think I've been there. I used to work there on weekends oh, and Thursday yeah. nights and stuff. I think I bought like a Deicide CD from there. Of course you did. Brutal. Are you sure it wasn't Segression? Yeah, it man, was Wollongong. Yes, it could have been. <laughs> Had Segression stickers, plastered everywhere. But I was like essentially at that record store every afternoon after yeah. school and on okay. weekends and I think I actually just annoyed them enough to hire me because I was just there all the time anyway. Yeah. 
I was that annoying little shit that someone would be in front of me in the line asking about something and I'd be like, oh, have you listened to this release? Oh, have you checked out this other band? Oh, if you like them, go this bit. And they're just so like, you're just, working for free. Just anyway. fucking work here already. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And I did like, you know, work experience. Yeah. Because I was too young to get a legally job. paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as soon as I was as soon as I was like fourteen or nine months or whatever it is, they're like, Yeah, all right, come on. That's fine. Um So that was mad. Yeah. So that was like a good introduction for you then in terms of entering the alternative music scene as well then was the youth centre like all ages culture as well as Working in a record store, you sort of saw two sides of it then, I guess. Definitely. Well, working in the record store meant that I had that awesome range. So, yeah. you know, had exposure to everything. Sure. And it was a um, in, an indent store. So it was heaps of international mail order and import right, right. stuff as well. So it literally covered whatever anybody wanted yeah. to get, we would get in. Um, so I always had that range. And obviously with my sister's influence, I always had that range. Mm-hmm. But there was something about the punk stuff and the heavier stuff that just... Yeah made sense to me and was different to all the other stuff. Yeah. So was there a good like community of that occurring in your school as well? Or was it mainly out of school? Um, there was a little bit in the school. There was one friend from like year seven, year eight. Yeah. Like she had a dead Kennedy's patch. We're like, right now we're best friends, friends. you know? So, (laughs) so we would often share heaps of mixtapes and Mm -hmm. videos and watch rage together and that sort of stuff. Um, there are a couple of older people in my school who, yeah, again, like you'd recognize a patch on their backpack or whatever. And then yeah. some of them were actually in a lot of the bands that we'd go see as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, but we never actually talked about it at school. It was kind of like outside of school, okay, yeah, you yeah. sort of give the knowing look and you go, oh yeah, yeah, right, okay. you know about, you know, <laughs> this band or whatever. So that was cool. Um, but pro- probably more outside. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to an awesome high school and, like, had a really good year and everyone got along really well, but I kind of wasn't really like all the other kids, I guess. Right. I think probably because of the straight edge thing and the punk thing, they were kind of more, I don't know, some surfer kids. And it was a selective school, so there was lots of, like, super, super really smart kids that kind of just did the normal thing, which was fine. So, um... It definitely felt like punk was the underground okay. thing. Yeah. You know, a few people listened to Rage Against the Machine, a few people listened to Pennywise, but other than that, because obviously the surfy yeah, connection. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is in Wollongong, to provide a bit of context. Yes. But um, yeah, the punk thing definitely felt like that thing outside of school, more to the okay. point. So that youth centre, it all based around that youth centre. And later on, there was this awesome collective of friends of mine called Barbed Wire Pull Through, which mm-hmm. would put on their own shows. Cool. And that's when it was like, oh, cool. Punk isn't just Pennywise and right. no effects. Punk is this like insane grind stuff and power violence right, okay. and so, metal. and. So how know. did you come into contact with them then? Through just shows at the youth center. Oh, okay, just, right. Yeah, yeah. Like we'd all be skating out the front. Yeah. And like, oh, we saw you at that show and, yeah, right. you know, you had a zine at the Strife show and, yeah, wow. you know, you know my other friend who knows this person. And, yeah. yeah. So, so I a pretty, a pretty, that. a pretty natural progression then through the youth centre sort of culture then. Yeah. Well, even the youth centre stuff was pretty broad because being a small town, and I yeah. think we've talked about this before, yeah. like when it's a small town, you kind of, everybody goes to any yeah. gig because well, yeah, yeah. it's all you've got. It was the same thing in Canberra. It was like... Yeah. Yeah, I think I've said it on this before that, like, yeah, punk bands would play with death metal bands because totally. 
there was there wasn't enough death metal bands. There wasn't enough punk bands. It was just whoever was doing something yeah. was playing the shows. And the ska of. band would play with the right girl band, yes, and exactly. and there'd yeah, be yeah. the stoners and yeah. 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 And yeah. I really loved it because I'm like I like this song and I like that song. Yeah. So well, I mean that's yeah. certainly how I made a lot of the friends that I have was because of like I wouldn't have gotten into like hardcore. I don't think had it not been for all those weird mixed bill things, which seemed to like, I mean, maybe it's getting like a resurgence now, but for a while there, it seemed like that was almost like not allowed to happen. Yeah. But like, yeah, like that's how I met everyone that I'm friends with now, basically is from working with them or going to shows that they went to because I knew one guy in one band and they knew one guy in another band. And then, you know, whatever that sort of always happens. But, and that I reckon for me, that mixtape thing mm-hmm. is when it came really, really strong with different influences as well. Like you'd get yeah. a cassette that would have the faction and poison idea. And yeah. then it would have some, you know, like emo, like KMB communique and, right, you know, right. other weird stuff. And even Wollongong itself went through a few different phases. Mm-hmm. So it was just so, kind of cool that everyone got it. Yeah. yeah. Did Wollongong have at the time, did it have like much like segregation between those scenes though? Or was it all just sort of like meshed in together because of the mixed bill type things that would occur? I reckon the answer would depend on who you ask. Okay. Yeah. For me, I, because I could relate to a lot of different them and I liked all the different styles. Yeah. Um, I would say that it was all together right, and there are okay. a lot of really open-minded, really community minded people that, Sure. intentionally made it that way but I also know that a lot of things I didn't like about the scene growing up was the factionalism I saw sure so the straight edge kids would only talk to the straight edge kids yeah. and the punks were just written off and mm-hmm. yeah the stoners were just seen as being stoners instead of being cool people sure okay and you know you're in the city where tumbleweed comes from yeah you know <laughs> like something, Come on. so like I I didn't notice it because they were all my friends and I liked all their bands but if you asked other people, you might... There might be something more. Yeah. And, yeah. So, on the one hand, it was really small that you could do that. But on the other hand, people were probably really protective yeah, of their right. stuff. I mean, I think that's just being a kid, too. Yeah, yeah that's When you're true. 14, you're like, this is what I like and this is and all that matters. And you also think you know everything. Yeah, of course. At the time. So. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and I guess there were a lot of political ideas going around at the time as well. So, you know, some people took those things more seriously, seriously than others or, right. you know, people often forget the people when sure. they're so caught up in the ideas. Yeah. yeah whereas, yeah, sure. you know, yeah. Yeah. So when, uh, you brought it up, obviously that's why I sort of go into it. When did strategy become a thing for you in like become something that, well, how, how did you primarily find out about it and how did it then become something that you would, a path you would choose to go down yourself? Um, I, I kind of, I never got, um, the culture of, and I'm not saying stop substance use, I'd say substance abuse, mm-hmm. um, just because of growing up in an environment of a lot of alcoholism, yep. like if, and <laughs> while I'm over in UBS. please do, that's what I'm saying. Abuse, not use. Yes. Yes. Um, but, um, and so from a really young age, I was always just like, oh, I don't get it. I don't yeah. like what it's doing to the people around me yeah. and all that sort of shit. So yeah. I kind of never got it and never, 
it just didn't have an interest. Uh, sure. Like I didn't have that curiosity, I guess, that other kids might. Yeah. And then, um, but you know, it wasn't a thing. It was just like, oh yeah, no thanks. Um, and then going to punk and hardcore shows mm-hmm. and seeing that even, I kind of never got how like a lot of the punk bands I'd go to were, would talk about, you know, damn the man and smash the state and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. it's like, mate, you can't even stand up straight. Yeah. How are you going to achieve a ton of ciggies and Yeah. <laughs> Fighting corporations, but smoking cigarettes. And, you know, look, we're all young. We're all figuring yeah. stuff out. But I was like, yes, I really like your ideas. Or I'm really motivated by your music or, you know, what you're trying to do with your community. But, yeah. fuck, you can't tie your shoelaces, dude. <laughs> I can't help you, you know. So, even though I loved that sort of stuff, I didn't see any behavior that proved it could be doable. Okay. Um. And, so you and saw things hard. that contradicted their message. Do you want, I wouldn't say contradiction. It's just like yeah. I need, I need to see how this happens in the real world. Okay. I need it to be more than just yeah, cool. This is a catchy song, and right, 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 we're okay. heaps punks because we sing this song. But sure. what are you actually doing in your life, sort of thing? So even though I loved the music, there was even though it was fine for other people, there was just something that didn't go all the way for me. Okay. Um, and then I met. You know, you go through shows and then all of a sudden you hear bands that are saying similar things, but actually had a different way of going about it. Or, you know, you could see them incorporating that in, into their real lives. Yeah. Um, or um, well, by real lives, I mean outside of just the show kind sure, of thing. Sure, for sure. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay. There's something behind this. And not only that, but there are other people that think the same way as me and, you know, whether it was for political reasons or personal reasons or whatever, mm-hmm. it was like you know, a bit of a, not a validation, but it was like, oh, cool. I'm not the only one. And yeah, we've got similar stories and experiences and different and similar reasons, I guess. So, um, so hearing all the bands and for me, it was like, oh, awesome bands talking about something else. Yeah. Okay. So that was really cool. Um, and then, yeah, meeting all other kids who go, oh, they're wearing a, you know, better than a thousand t-shirt or a minor threat. Minor threat was a big thing for yeah. me. Okay. Um, they were a really good gateway from punk to hardcore. Yeah. So it was like, oh, fuck. And these kids are, you know, when they wrote this record, they were my age or, you know, a bit older than yeah, me. Okay. And I totally so get that their, mentality. Yeah. Their thought process and their action sort of... Made total sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, you see someone wear, wearing a minor threat shirt and then yeah. become friends with them and you go, oh, cool. You know, they, they're a bit like me as well. And, yeah. And you sort of then inherently start following chasing down their interests oh, and stuff yeah so. huge yeah, every yeah. thanks list every mixtape is just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. yes new world opening yeah um but it was it wasn't like yes i'm gonna change my life and now i'm straight edge it was kind of like well this is my life and now there's a name for it and a bunch of people that think like me too cool mm-hmm. but it was never my whole life yeah um and even now like even though it's still a huge part of me it's not the only part of me yeah so, it's just a yeah part of you. a part of me yeah. and it was kind of like it was always just my personal life, but there was also this parallel in my social life mm-hmm. and in music. Yeah. So it was kind of nice to have that bridge. To see a similarity between the two. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Instead of it just being different segregated yeah. parts of my life. But yeah. yeah, the bands were a huge part of it. And some of it was the cool, cheesy stuff. Yeah. Like the cool youth crew and, you know, yeah. that fun kind of cheesy, posy stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know then bands like Trial, which were a lot more intelligent and had a lot more um, in-depth either politicization of the ideas or, you know, just more intellectual kind of reasoning that maybe just 
that sort of took it to the next level Uh because it was always a personal decision and feeling. And then it's like, oh, wow, there's a bigger picture as well. It's about what I can do as a consumer. Sure. And it's about my interaction with corporations or, you know, with the wider culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, I reckon, I I actually reckon growing up in Wollongong was a big part of that as well because it was a major either stoner culture, I guess, in the music scene. But um, when there isn't a lot to do, you get pissed and you beat your girlfriend up and, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. So it was like, oh, it it really permeated through that town as well. Yeah. So how long, how much time did you spend in Wollongong? When did you depart from Wollongong? So obviously born there, grew up there. Um, did first year of uni at Wollongong Uni, which was actually an awesome university, Uh but I moved to Melbourne in the beginning of 2002. Yeah. So I transferred my degree, finished it at Melbourne Uni here. Mm -hmm. And, um, actually it probably all started at schoolies. So end of year 12, all of my friends went up North to Gold Coast, like you do. Yes. And I kind of went, well, there's nothing really in that that appeals to me. And like um, I'd say a lot of people who do drink. Like, yeah, yeah. Lots of people I know went and I was like, I cannot think of anything fucking worse <laughs> than going to the old ghost and getting pissed. Like, I'm going to be the one pulling my friend's hair back while she's vomiting yeah. in the toilet and oh, I've got better things I think I want to do. I can do this at home. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and at that summer, that I think November, December, that after year 12 was Dead Stare and Syndicate mm-hmm. did a tour... Uh, down here in Melbourne, yep. and they were two of my favourite local bands. Dead Stare are still one of my favourite bands yep. from Australia. So um, I couldn't think of anything better than to come down to Melbourne. I'd heard so much about the Melbourne scene and yep. all of that. So sure. my schoolies trip was coming down here mm-hmm. um, to catch those shows and instantly met a huge range of awesome people, fell in love with the city itself. Yep. And I actually found that Melbourne Uni was offering one of the um, courses that I really wanted to do that you couldn't actually do in many other unis at the time. Okay. Because I was doing an arts law double degree yep. in Wollongong. And Melbourne Uni at the time actually had a criminology major, which was like uh-huh. perfect. Because I wasn't really enjoying... I was study. I enjoyed studying law, yep. but I didn't want to be a lawyer, which sure. is what they were really grooming you to be. Which I think is what... Yeah, the point. And that's the point, totally. (laughs) But it's like, I just want to learn the shit. I don't want to learn how to get people out of stuff. Yeah, well, it's a different interest Contracts and and Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I love studying law and my arts majors were politics, gender studies, all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I want it to support that work. Mm -hmm. And Melbourne Uni had criminology on offer. So I'm like, perfect. Transferred down and did all of that. Um, So yeah, it's been quite a few years now. Yeah. I love it. And Wollongong was... I mean, I do adore the town. Yeah. I really miss the surf and the mountains. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love it there, but I kind of... You know, there's a point where you sort of want to get out of town a little bit and do yeah, your own you thing need as to, well. You need to grow personally, and if you can't see yourself doing that in the place you're in, you need yeah. to find somewhere else to do it. And finding a positive environment when, yeah. you know, if other stuff around... Yeah. or whatever isn't great it's cool to just create yeah. some space in your so life did you li- did you live at home up until you left totally yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. well i was 18 yeah, 19 okay, when i right, moved right, okay yeah and poor mum was like just move to sydney so i can at least see you yeah, like, yeah. no you need to get away uh, no need to get away. <laughs> and also sydney's expensive to leave <laughs> yeah, crazy and um 
I was in Sydney every weekend anyway. Yeah, that's something I totally glazed over. Um, yeah. With that, uh, that was something for me. Yeah. Like, for sure. Obviously, Canberra and Wollongong, fairly different places. Though I would say, music-wise, they probably have fairly similar um, sort of foundations in the sense that a lot of it's because it's so insular because it is just far enough away from a major city to make you feel like you're on the moon. <laughs> like, um, I mean, it really did. Like when, when I was before I was of an age where I could move a car myself, <laughs> going to Sydney was like, Holy shit. It's fucking days away. I'm and, a grown yeah, up. And it was like, yeah, I'd catch, you know, catch the bus with my friends to go see cannibal corpse and stuff because they would never play in Canberra. Yeah. Which is, you know, somewhat changed now, but it's still fairly similar. But like, um, yeah, was that a thing? Was was there a point where you needed to start reaching beyond Wollongong for the like fix that you needed musically? Was it? I found. I mean, even though Wollongong is really rich in its music culture and especially its independent music culture. Yeah. I was there, I mean, working in a record store ever since I was 14 and it was an independent record store. So we ha- it had a really big like alternative mm-hmm. focus. Even then I would get up on the week, like get up on a Sunday, not have anything to do that day and get on a two hour train yeah. to Sydney just to go to Resist and check out new bands. And yeah, go to right. record store. So that's even coming from a point where I had access to a lot of music. Yeah. You needed I still, more. yeah. And just, yeah. um, Exposure, but also a different way of interacting with the scene as well. Mm-hmm. And my poor mom, I used to tell her that like, I'd be six, 15, 16 telling mom that I'm going to my friend's house and I'm actually catching a two-hour train, probably actually three hours by the time it got to Blacktown yeah. or Hornsby to yeah. go to the youth centre shows there and, wow. and seeing those bands and you know crashing on floors or catching <laughs> the last train home. And yeah. my poor mom. <laughs> but that was You've it. Like, good. Just, <laughs> good. <laughs> All right, I looked yeah. after myself. But um, I just, yeah, even though you really hunt it, hunt the music down yeah. and, you know, with it not having the, the same internet culture back then, it was yeah. a much more arduous process, mail orders and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I definitely had to get out to um, not only hear more, but participate more. Yeah. Because shows might have only been once every month or two yeah. back home, other than the local yeah, yeah. regular gigs, which is just... Joe Blow and his mates. And you do, stage, you do, as you get older, you do sort of get over that pretty quickly. Yeah, too. it's like I, I wanted well, you have a focus, a more of a community. Yeah, and you have a focused yeah. idea of what you want out of it too. Yeah. Because when you're 14, you just want everything. You're like, yes. I needed, I want to see that guy play drums. I need to talk to that person. Yeah. Oh, and, all, and then you start making friends, and then it's like, oh, wait, this is what I like doing. I actually, you know, those experiences there, but I don't need to go to the youth centre. Yeah. Every single day to yeah. get that anymore. Um, and it, it can often be just the same people as yeah. well. So it's like, cool, I want new experiences. You need to broaden yourself. I want to see people who are really challenging my thinking or I sure. want to hear, you know, a totally different style or yeah. I just want to be around people that are making more shit happen. And So was like the that. venturing to Sydney often for Australian music or was it for international music? Or? No, it was always local okay. bands. It was... Yeah. Bands like Arms Reach, Age mm-hmm. of Distrust, um, probably, yeah, Sydney and Newcastle were really strong at the time. So yeah. we're talking like 97, 98. Yeah. yeah so it would have been about 15, 16. 
Um, so Sydney and Newcastle were really strong and that was kind of actually my world because if, other than the really big bands that I would find out about through working in, at Redback Music, yeah. um, it was either that or it was like the really, really accessible local stuff. Sure, okay. Yeah. And um, obviously, you know, being hardcore, the people... The people on the stage are the people working the door are the people yeah, yeah, standing right sure. next to you at the gig. Yeah. So, you know, developing those friendships yeah. made that connection even stronger. Yeah. Um, and I was underage. So yeah. none of the international bands, other than the ones that would play the DIY hardcore shows... Yeah. Um, it wasn't very accessible wouldn't play. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, the youth centre would often have international bands. Like, I saw Strife play there in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um so there was a bit of that, sick of it all, I think, a couple of times. But um, underage, they just wouldn't play yeah. the venue because they're not really going to get paid unless yeah, yeah, it's a bar true. or whatever. Um, and so w- from that point, was there a point where it turned for you from being like a punter at the shows to being someone who was sort of getting, trying to be like actively involved yourself with like more of the community aspect of it or was did that come later i actually feel like oh it's hailing outside Ooh. that's gonna be fun on your microphone yes. maybe i'll go close that window <laughs> anyway, anyway um i actually felt like my role was really limited for a long time even though i was at every fucking show and yeah. would support every band mm-hmm. i felt like my role was really limited yeah to be an audience member, a listener, that kind of thing. I okay. actually, even though it was a real community driven thing, I, it took me a long time to find a way that I could contribute to that. Okay. And part of that was like, you know, I do actually, I did do like lots of articles in friends zines yep. and things like that. But I, don't know, I still felt like an outsider in a lot of ways too. Okay. Um, and I think it was Do you think that was until... just because of the time and the age you were and the place it was? Definitely maybe? an age thing. Yeah. yeah. Granted, for sure. Um, and because Wollongong felt small, mm-hmm. even though on the one hand, any nothing happened unless people were actually in there doing it. Yeah. Um, I guess because of my upbringing as well, I just felt like I couldn't totally jump in. Right, right, right. Because it was just another world. Yeah. It was a bit outside what I do and, and school was a big deal for me and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, but it was... Do you know what? I, I'd say that as soon as I turned 18 yeah. and had a bit more independence, that made a big difference. And then I moved to Melbourne and it's yeah. like, oh, cool. Melbourne's got a much bigger scene. There's a lot more sure. room to contribute. Right. And um, It's easier to get your foot in the door, maybe. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. That one's a different, difficult one to answer. Yeah. Um, but I, probably actually, yeah, it was a bigger scene. There were different sorts of scenes yeah. in Melbourne around then as well. So the early 2000s. Yeah. So I could f- sort of find my own place in that yeah. better. Um, but other than being a support and a support to the bands and other people doing stuff mm-hmm. and um, going to shows and things like that, it took a long time for, for me to actually find how I can contribute in other ways. Right, okay. So doing, helping other people do their zines was one thing. Um, doing the bake, sta- bake sale was another thing because yep. the, the scene at the time was... I don't know. I felt like it was losing a bit of the ideas behind it and it just sure. ended up being gigs yep. as opposed to shows. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was less about... It was just about the bands and the merch and <clears throat> I yeah. felt a lot less going on about the ideas and the community and other stuff and I was like, well, I kind of liked that about growing up. Yeah. I learnt lots of cool stuff. Well, as you said, that was something that 
drew you to yeah. it as a whole. It was more than just music. So, yeah. um, so when it felt like I wasn't getting as much out of it, I thought, well, I can do something to try okay. and, you know, at least just talk about other stuff than yeah. just my girlfriend broke up with me and, you know, a hot that topic cool at the time. Song topic. Yeah. Um, so that was one way that I contributed. Yeah. So did that, that did you start doing that stuff in Wollongong? In, no, 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 uh, no, no, no. So no, that no. was once Yeah, yeah, that was okay. one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, so, I reckon I was just, you know, a young kid. So Yeah. So when you moved here, when when did when was the baking thing it shows something that you decided would be something that you would like to do? Um, I started doing my first one, I think it was two thousand and three. Yeah. So Tom was putting on Tom and a few other people were putting on this fest called Psyche Mind, mm-hmm. which um he ended up doing a few a few years worth of that fest. Yeah. And um and I'd heard of other people doing it at other shows. So I thought, oh yeah, this might be fun. And yeah. it was just a for, for me, it was just another way to support the bands that were playing. Sure, give them some extra cash. Um, at a lot of the venues where we would have all ages shows, there'd be no pass outs because you're responsible for the underage yes. kids. So it's yeah. like cool. Well, we kind of need food because it's an all day and yeah. night event. So I thought I'd help out that way, and um, it was just a nice way to go. Oh, you know. For me, it was cool to demystify veganism because mm-hmm. at the time, I think it was seen as this, you know, super extreme yes. thing that only weirdos do or yeah. it's too hard to do. And it's like, mate, have a cupcake, chill out. Yeah. It's everyone. Well, I, think, and it. I, it's I, I would say that that's probably that same thing probably goes. I mean, it didn't didn't for me, obviously, but I think that might be what some people see as strategy as well. They see it as yeah. being a thing that's like. Super fucking brutal, like super full on, and it's like, well, it's kind of lots just of people me. do it. It's you know, like, and the thing for me as a kid, like at every party, I'd I'd have people going, "Whoa, she's had more than everyone." I'm like, man, I'm just excited, like yeah, yeah. I'm just hyper, yeah, just having heaps of fun, yeah. Whereas, yeah, so it was kind of always just me, and then you yeah, know, it made sense that other people felt that way too, and yeah, we found each other. That's it. So when did before we get into that when did veganism become something that you like strategy was something that you felt was important to you and that you would subscribe to its ideology yeah oh well i went vegetarian when i was about 16 mm-hmm. and for i guess for me i just i mean i assume like i don't know but i assume that like most people that was something you found through this the scene and the music as well that Definitely. was yeah. well well vegetarianism isn't no. something that's totally strange so I obviously no, no, no. knew about it um i think a lot of it was in reaction to i come from a very traditional croatian yes. family so you are having red meat every single meal yeah. of the day and that was really intense and wasn't feeling very healthy yeah. i guess from it like it's really stodgy food so yeah. um so and as a teenager up yeah <laughs> it's thick food yeah, yeah. stews and yeah. smoked meats full yeah. of salt um <laughs> and so and being in wollongong being a beach harbor town there's lots of seafood as well yeah. um so i guess just as a teenager it was like oh it's just that general youth stuff like i want to find something that maybe doesn't have to be that way or yeah. might make me feel a bit different or find my own path. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously I already knew about vegetarianism because it's everywhere, but I guess through the hardcore scene, I was able to articulate the reasons mm-hmm. for it in a different way. Okay. So it was more than just, you know, healthier food or a particular diet. It was about, oh, cool. How can I think about my place in the world or how can I think about, um, what sort of life I want to live and mm-hmm. do I want to live a, 
compassionate life and what are ways that I can do that and that sort of thing. Um, and again, because of the straight edge thing, like straight edge taught me that I can be empowered as a consumer just as much as a citizen, I guess. Yeah. So this was another way that I could go, oh, cool. Well, if I can support, you know, this industry that can give me what I need yeah. and not actually cause any harm, then that's an easy yeah. answer. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, that's fine. So, um, so vegetarian when I was about 16, um, vegan when I was about 20, 21. Yep. And yeah. So considerably after you'd moved here then as well. Melbourne made it easier. Yeah. That's another thing. Wollongong, it was pretty hard. And living at home was hard. Mum still thinks it's a phase. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's been 16 years. (laughs) Cool mum. Um, (laughs) bless her. But, (laughs) um, so Melbourne made it a lot easier. Yeah. Um, and I was also a poor student. Yeah. Moved here totally on my own, you know, share house, paying rent, working, studying my ass off. It was actually a lot more affordable as well. It even got to the point where it was so hard to get by some days that um, my housemate and I would go to the Food Not Bombs stall. So every Tuesday afternoon, they would just collect all the um, old fruit, veg and bread from local grocers and bakeries that wouldn't have sold that day, they would collect all that stuff, yeah. take it to a communal kitchen, cook a massive spread of food, and just set up on the corner of the street. Yeah. So, um, you know, homeless people, poor students, real working class people would have would be able to get at least one good meal that yeah. night, and that was awesome. And it was a nice community connection as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they'd have excess stock, they'd just put a bunch of veggies in a box and you could take them home yeah, right. and my houseman and I would make soup and that would last us all week. So, yeah, yeah. um, and that was all vegetarian food as well. So, sure. um, yeah, it was kind of just being uni life, living yeah. on my own outside of family and home and all yeah, of that yeah. sort of stuff. It was kind of a necessity too. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then now Melbourne's fucking amazing yeah, for that stuff for and it. it's easy yeah. and it's delicious and yeah. awesome. You could get by very easily with yeah, doing it, yes. Very happily. Yeah. And But yeah, a big thing for me was, cool, I've got my reasons and my ethics and whatever for, for doing it, but um, it's actually, the bake store was actually kind of like, well, everyone, this just means more, more of us can share it. And that's yeah. nice. And the whole thing was just a way to contribute to shows because I wasn't in a band mm-hmm. and I didn't have time to do zines and I just couldn't, I couldn't see myself doing zines as well as all the people that were doing them. Yeah, well, that, it was, there it was were, a massive thing at the time. Massive, and there were some really good ones, and it's like, well, I'm not going to do it when they're all doing it really, really well, so maybe I'll just try something different. And um, it's really just, you know, if I'm not putting on the show, maybe I can give the bands an extra couple of hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. We can have some snacks. Well, actually, People with allergies can still have it, so like, yeah, cool. I think that's how, I think that was the first time I met you, was at a show that I played, and you were selling cupcakes? In Seafood? Maybe. And Sam Provost rocked up in Chaps. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like everyone was just frothing so hard because a couple of them were vegan. I had little little gingerbread dudes with like merch on them. I think. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's definitely. designs on them. Yeah. I'd say that was the first time I met you because I was definitely still living in Canberra then. And yeah, it was super funny. That was like. I think Murph ate so much of it <laughs> that he like made himself sick because 
he was like, oh, why would I go to the shops? There's vegan food here. I actually remember him saying those exact yeah. words. And, it, and then you guys got the cash out of it anyway. Yeah. Well, to, for the petrol home. And if it wasn't for the bands, and you know, the bands were so lovely, they'd be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. We don't want to take it. And I'm like, cool. And that's when I started going, all right, well, what's a cool charity that we can yeah. support it and make it go to? Or what's something, what's a good cause that I can also use to raise awareness for? Sure. And, and raise the funds as well. And that's that's primarily where it's gone to now for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. That's been a huge part s- of it. Ha- and for me, it was a, a, a whole other community thing because there were so many other people that weren't in bands, booking shows, that sure, still yeah, wanted yeah. to contribute. So yeah. people would be like, cool, I'll bring the banana bread. And, yeah, yeah. you know, do you want me to make drinks? And, yeah, and that's it, right. it was always intended to be a co-op. Yeah, yeah. It was always, you make it, we do it together, and mm-hmm. then we can all do it for a fucking reason as well, yeah. and actually help out other yeah, people yeah. and stuff. And so, like, recently, what are the sort of charities that you've been contributing towards? Um, so, obviously, because of the vegan angle, we try and support animal welfare yep. groups. So, Edgar's Mission is mm-hmm. a farm sanctuary in country Victoria, and we yep. really love what they do. And not only what they do for animals, but they've also got just a really cool PMA sort of philosophy yeah it's really it's all about kindness and compassion and Uh you know positive living so we really like them um also do a lot of stuff for the women's domestic violence crisis service Mm -hmm. because that's an issue really close to my heart and something that um despite all of the talk of government a lot of funding for those direct services are actually being cut sure so um you know, it's cool that money's being spent at a political level for a for an overall system wide response. But in the yeah. meantime, there are people on the fucking doorstep of crisis yeah, accommodation sure. being turned away. So it's like, yeah. cool, we definitely want to chuck money that way. Um, and you know, we might we might raise five hundred dollars one night, and that will pay for someone's phone and childcare. Yeah, it's, a, d- it's a direct way straight away. Of yeah, dealing with it. Yeah. yeah, so um, also did stuff for the 100 for Haiti mm-hmm. program, which yeah. Greg Benick from Trial has been heavily involved in, and that's mm-hmm. another direct action yeah. sort of group. Um, so you're not you know, losing all that money on admin fees. These are people yeah. who are literally buying supplies with that cash and using it to help sure. people. Um, a lot of stuff for um, mental health yeah. and things like that. So um, a few of those sorts of groups. One of my closest friends... Um, who's a really, um, really skilled MMA fighter and yep. really awesome, positive, encouraging person, um, was experiencing some stage three breast cancer mm-hmm. at the time at a really young age. So we all pitched in for that at one of the festivals and ended up raising over four grand to support yeah, her insane. treatment and so recovery. And not only was it, you know, the cash to just help her get through it, but, um, I also loved the opportunity to get the community together for one of our own. Like this is our best mate who moshes with us. Yeah. yeah. And so a way for her to feel like she was being supported. Sure. And for me personally, like she's such, such a fucking strong and resilient person that it was a great way I could use to sort of promote her as an yeah. individual and That's go, great. you know, well, I mean, and she's amazing and she's getting through this and yeah. what a cool and then, well, I mean that that as well, like you know, like you were saying before, it's a it's a community sort of thing wherein yeah. that if you're not supporting everyone that's supporting these fucking bands, mm-hmm. like what's the point? You that's know? it. That's you know? right. And on that note, also, um, our friend Tom from Sydney 
um, is opening his own orphanage in the yeah. Philippines in the Make a Change Foundation. Mm-hmm. And so there's been a few things that we've done to support that as well. Cool. And again, he's an example of someone's just like, fuck this, there's something wrong in the world or there's something better that we can do and I'm just going to make it happen myself. So yeah, yeah. all that DIY kind of, you know, be the change you want to see kind of shit. Yeah. It was like, right, well, you deserve my support and you're making it happen. So yeah. the least thing I can do is bake some fucking cookies <laughs> and, you know. In the grand scheme of things, yeah, it's a pretty Jesus. simple way to help. Yeah, to that. and it's funny, like, you know, I've copped a bit of criticism for it from people who think it doesn't achieve anything, but mm-hmm. in one year alone, we raised over 10 grand yeah, to insane. help people just yeah. doing their shit. I'm like, you do you, you know, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm proud of that. Yeah. And we have some fun and, you know, food's nice yeah. when it comes down to it. Who cares? <laughs> it's delicious food. Yes, yeah, thanks. Close this for a sec, so yeah. I'll close the window. All right, we're back. Um, okay, so... Let's talk about being in a band. That's a fun thing to talk about. So when did... <clears throat> obviously you were doing all these things, zines, the bake sale, there was... You were contributing in other ways. When did it become... Uh, not a necessity, but when did it become an idea for you that you would like to try and contribute musically as well? I always wanted mm-hmm. to be involved musically. Yep. But I never knew how to play an instrument. Yeah, which is a hard. <laughs> which, which is the thing. And I could I absolutely could have taught myself. And in punk of all scenes, I could have just <laughs> yes. picked up an instrument and done it. But I did think, I'd, like, probably my strength more than that was, you know, I guess in writing. Sure. And um, always being involved, like, physically at shows and dancing and interacting and stuff. I felt like um, that was kind of a bit more fun for me, sure. I guess. Yeah. But so I always wanted to do in bands, but I just never really kind of found my avenue for it, It, whether it was, you know, the people or whatever, um, until I was a bit older. So, and you will know this story very well because we were sitting to dinner one night and just going, fuck, I'd love to do a band. This really sucks. There's so much I want to do and it would be so much fun and all of that. And the point for us was, um, I think it was about a year or just a few months away from the art house closing Mm -hmm. forever. And we're going, this is so fucked. You know, I've never been... A- and I used to do heaps of guest spots with bands. I'll yeah. do guest vocals and stuff. But I never had my own band to play on that stage before it was closing mm-hmm. forever. And it, yeah. like the art house was such a big deal. Yeah. Growing up, even growing up in Wollongong and yeah. hearing so many bands talk about well, the art that, house and like, seeing flyers and going, fuck, what is this mecca? What is this same, same thing for me. Like, yeah. it was like, why do these people care so much about yeah. this fucking bar? Like, because it was more bar. than just the You're, bar. No, no like, yeah. and I would later come to find that out myself. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I remember for sure seeing things in camera. I'm like, fucking everyone talks about this art house. And then like, the first show I played there was with Mindsnare. Like, Fuck. and it was like, I remember we got there and we were all like, man, we're fucking like, you know, obviously there was like Murph had played there before, so Murph would be like, oh yeah, it's a cool bar. But that's just that's what just he Murph. is like as a person. <laughs> but like. You was know. that the hard luck? Yeah. Shows? And same, thing, same thing with Alex. Like, Alex is like, this is going to be rad. Like, it's going to be the, one of the best shows you're ever going to play. And I was yeah. like, fucking, oh, whatever. And then, like, <laughs> you know, I think that was also around the time where, obviously quite different to yourself, that was around the time where I sort of was like, just really started enjoying consuming alcohol. Not just... you were old enough to Yeah. And, like, it wasn't just, like, yeah. drinking and fucking vomiting or whatever it was like <laughs> oh i can do this with my friends and it's fun now. yeah and like i'm not being stupid i'm not being dangerous i'm just 
having fun. Being social. And so, like, I remember going there and, like, playing and it was fucking crazy. And, like, we've, it was fucking... Yeah, it was slow then. I think we played second at the show. Or maybe yeah. we played first. I can't remember. But, like, it was packed... Because it was my Snatch show, obviously it wasn't Slow Birds doing, but... You never know, Oh, well, yeah. We I'm had sure big hopes for you guys. people loved us. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, and just, it was sick, because the bar was sick, and also the venue was sick, and then it was like, oh, right, this is why people like this place, because yeah. it's insane here. Like, yeah, the people and the atmosphere yeah. and the commitment to the bands, the yeah. total unwavering support for yeah. whatever music yeah. is coming through. Sorry, so yeah. I cut into that. So, no, totally. Yeah. That You've totally perfectly painted the picture for why it was so important mm-hmm. and it was like fuck so this venue which is just the cornerstone of our scene yeah is about to close and i never got to be a part of it in that way yeah um and so we were talking over dinner and you went fuck this yeah that's not gonna happen i'm gonna bring my drum kit down and let's do this and that's yeah. how outright started yeah I forgot See, that I was part of that. No, I didn't forget that. Dude, was, you're the reason. I know, I know that I was in the bed initially, I didn't, but I forgot that that was how it came about. Um, and so that's the thing. Like, I'd always wanted to, but all but it you took had, was you one had, mate to go, you yeah, had, fuck it, let's make it happen. Done. You had thought about that for a considerable amount of time before we had I, that discussion. Though. Well, just playing music and being in bands in general, yes. absolutely. Because yeah, yeah. I loved doing guest vocals for my friends' bands, mm-hmm. and I thought I got pretty like, they gave me really nice feedback about it. I went, oh, sure. fuck, maybe I actually you can, can do, do this. Yeah. And I guess, you know, without bringing it up, there is a bit of a gendered feeling, a gendered yeah. experience. Not that, um, you know, I would say a gendered experience because mm-hmm. for me, I didn't have as many um, role models saying sure. that there is a place for me to do this. And I was like, oh, actually, other people think maybe I could. So maybe I actually need to consider that because it's really fun. Yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, and then you're like, okay, well, we want this to happen, so let's make this happen, and that's it. You wrote some riffs, so you was brought it? your kit down. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. That was funny, too, because at the time, that was when Murph was using that drum kit for our exist. And I don't... That same kit? Yeah, that exact the kit that's over there. The, I think <laughs> that... Murph now owns, like, four drum kits, and I think that was the catalyst for probably Murph starting to, like, invest more finances into drums was me going like I need my kit back <laughs> you can't use it anymore <laughs> but yeah that's that's a different story but um alright so well obviously I can sort of answer some of these questions but so I'll yeah so you. a few months later was um that last <clears throat> month of shows mm-hmm. at the art house yeah and we got to play twice yeah our first show was at the art house as a result it was an I exist show wasn't it it was it yeah. was that 100 for Haiti yeah show was there another it? one and no, then there was another Phantoms one a month later. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. There you go. Oh, which one was first? I can't remember now. I know. But you got to play two shows. Got to play two shows That's in it. that last month of the art house. And so I was like, yep, cool. Awesome. Yeah. And that was the thing, like, uh, being able to do the band was just like, fuck, yes, finally, mm-hmm. I get to, you know, participate in this and have a fun thing. And, yeah. you know, I get to sort of express my views or whatever, but it's really just fun. And... If that's all I get, that's the best thing ever. And yeah. then from that, it's been able to be so much more. And yeah. I'm just... Well, I, it's all a bonus to me after that. Yeah. I remember when, like, I was initially talking to you about it, that the whole thing for me was like, man, like, she is so fucking into this idea. <laughs> no one is into being in bands like this. Like, I... I well, like, because, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess at the time, like, when... 
the point I was at was like, I hadn't started a band in a long time. Like yeah. I'd just been in bands for, and with dudes and like, I really love I Exist, obviously. It's like mm. everything to me, but starting I Exist was like, oh, you want to play guitar? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's just do another band. Like that's what that it was, was like. That was so hard and for me. It was the I same thing with Slowburn was like, oh, can you play drums in this band for me? And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like I, it had been so long for me since it had, there had been like, gonna do this band it's gonna be this this is this it's gonna be exciting like it, that had never occurred and then I, I honestly remember feeling like very refreshed the first time you and me talked about it and you were like oh am I saying all these things I was like alright let's oh, fucking do this oh, like, awesome yeah. you're lovely I yeah. thought it was just like my friend wants to do this so yeah. I'm just gonna help my friend do it well I mean there was that element of it as well that's <laughs> really like, nice yeah, that's really really exciting. nice yeah um, we could well passion is just at the heart of everything and yeah has always been there for me. So it's yeah. could actually use that passion and get yeah. it out. Yeah. So was yeah, that... Lovely. My pleasure. <laughs> um, was that always uh, in the background of your mind, though, about when, you know, obviously you thought about it for a long time. Was that something that was in there as well? Like, when I, when or if I do this thing, it's going to have these elements to it? Or is it was it just more like, I just want to be in a band? Or was it like, you really felt that you needed to get a certain message across and you wanted to share your opinions and that the writing that you talked about, was that like, was that something that was in the back of that as well? Or was it more just a a drive to contribute? It was definitely a combination of all of those things, but some more than others at different stages of my life. Okay. So a big part of it was, it's just so, it looks so much fun and I have so much fun at shows and I imagine it would be even more fun to be on the other, the other side of it. And, um, and I guess there was an element of, I, because I was so wrapped up, like I was a very academic school focused sort of person that mm-hmm. was like, Oh, I'm so not creative, blah, blah, blah. And then I was totally neglecting the fact that I could be creative in a different way. Yeah. So having that was an awesome opportunity and I learned a lot about myself doing that. Yeah. Um, so at different stages it was, Oh, I just want to do a band. It looks really fun. And I just want to contribute in another way. Yeah. Um, because I felt, like I said earlier, I felt like there was, I had a very limited yeah, sure. place in the scene. Your and reach wasn't do. as far as you could get with it. Yeah. And like, I felt like I, was, I only had one role as a person in the scene instead of doing whatever the fuck I wanted. Okay. Um, so that totally opened that up for me. Um, and then as, and you know, depending on the context of different scenes at different times growing up, cause obviously it all ebbs and flows. Um, I, there was a big era where I felt like, fuck there is some serious stuff going on mm-hmm. that I think or that I want to share or that no one else is talking about. And I'm not to say I'm a fucking trailblazer or I'm talking about anything that no one else has discussed before. That's bullshit. But um, I felt like I couldn't relate as much to mm-hmm. other stuff that was going on. or um, And so I thought, well, if I feel that way, maybe other people feel that way too. Sure. But for me, yeah, first and foremost, it was always just about that catharsis. So yeah. Yes, I've got things I want to say, or yes, I feel like there's another voice that could be represented, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, punk's angry and yeah. loud, and I felt like I wanted to get that out as well, yep. but in a fun and supportive environment. So, sure. um, yeah, combination of all of those. Mm-hmm. And plus, it's just fun jamming with your mates. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, that's true. You know, and be, as you all know, being in a band also means booking heaps of shows and it also means organizing tours and it's a lot of work (laughs) yeah and my partner brett and i had spent 
fucking years mm-hmm. constantly every weekend having people at our house from interstate and it's like well yeah. it'll be nice to sort of have them return the favor occasionally yeah. <laughs> so we could you know because yeah people owed you a lot at this point <laughs> no no it's not about that but it's a bit like well i want to go interstate and yeah. do more of this stuff and you know contributing in other ways and so seeing so many awesome new bands coming up around the country yeah and going well i want to book a show and get you playing our show so other people can see the awesome stuff sure. you're doing too yeah um but yeah even if none of that other stuff existed because i could have shared my views through a zine or done a blog or whatever mm-hmm. even if none of that stuff existed i just love the music so much that i wanted to be a part of it mm-hmm. and had so much fun at shows that i wanted to contribute in yeah. another way. Yeah. And it's been all of that and more. Yeah. Even though we're just a, you know, dumb small band from Melbourne. It's fine. It's been you do it, awesome. Dude. Yeah. It's great. Um, and I'm right. getting old now. I have to fucking do it sometime. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think, you know, I think that's something probably that, I mean, I sort of, I'm coming from a weird position. Like perspective, trying to touch on it being that I was in the band, but um, I think something that I well now that I'm not in the band, I think there's something that I see as an outsider now that I probably didn't recognise so much when I was doing it because I when I started I played drums and then I ended up playing guitar. That was I, that because you just got sick of carrying drums? Oh, one hundred percent. So well, and then we're well, like, oh, I can't be okay. bothered finding a guitarist. How about you just play guitar? Yeah, yes, but I. Did write a lot of the things anyway. Yes. So right. that was, I like doing that. And also, I'm at a point now where physically playing drums is just so, <laughs> so tiring. And I can't really drink when I play drums. So there's another, there's an ulterior motive to that as well, when I can drink my guitar like pretty well. So you are so entertaining though. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dr- drunk on drums, you are so entertaining. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's fun. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I mean, also playing drums is just so fucking expensive. Buying yeah. cymbals and sticks, it's a nightmare. Um, but I'll, I'll never be able to thank you enough for making no, that happen. fine. It's my pleasure. My absolute pleasure. It's really good. And really nice knowing that friends around you get where you're at and what yeah. you want to do. And we'll just like, cool, this is the push. All right, I mean, we'll I, make it happen. No bullshit. Yeah. I that think I, I, I guess for me as well, like, I... Probably that I was in a pretty good uh, opportunity then as well, in the sense that I could just well, I, I mean, I still am. Like, if I want to put people on our exist shows, mm. I can. Yeah. Because I and you had just moved to Melbourne as well, yeah. so yes. a cool way to kind of yeah. And like, I mean, it's I think for me anyway. Now, if I can help people do things, like why wouldn't I help them? Yeah. Like you know, like whenever we book shows in Canberra we always put our friends' bands on the shows. And, I mean, that's what we do when we play anywhere. Like, if you see bands on an I Exist show, I know someone in those bands. Mm. Because, and I want that always to be the case. And that's because it has been the case in everyone before you. That's what our scene's kind of built on. And, like, I mean, that's, like, you know, I... Yeah, like, as I said, like, playing... Like, that that tour we when we played here with Mindsnare, like, we were only on those shows because we were friends with Alex and Murph was in Slowburn. But, like... Mm. Because it was a hard luck tour, and then he was on that show because he knows Nigel, and yeah. then now I know Nigel, and then so we've played those shows and blah blah blah, and like and because you're a great band that deserves to be right. on a cool lineup with people Thank seeing you. you. Very much. Well, it's, you know, it's not <laughs> no. just about the mates though. Too, yeah, like, yeah, you know, you put the effort in to make yeah. your band. But yeah, work. and I, I think that's I think I'll, I mean I'm not gonna 
call anyone out, but I think that is something that a lot of people forget too, is that like, you do have to sort of bust your ass as well. Like you can't just expect people to do everything for you. You need to, like as much as you can weigh in on friendships, you need to work for it as well. And like, I mean. And do, and do the work yourself as well. Yeah. Yeah. And not just, yeah. And I think, I think that's like, yeah, I think that was another thing that was why it was kind of not easy for me, but when it was like, it became apparent that I couldn't, offer you guys as much time as I would need to, to be in your band, it was a good time for me not to do it anymore because you'd already, like, it didn't feel like I was leaving you guys hanging. Like, it was like you'd built up more than enough steam to deal with it anyway. Yeah. And at that point, we played shows with a bunch of people, you'd built all these connections, blah, blah. Started the label to release it. Yeah. Release our Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing to talk about. What was, what was your motive to doing that? I know the answer to this, being that I was on that record, but anyway, you can tell the rest of the world. To start the label yeah. and do the stuff as it... Well, yeah. see, I can't... I don't even feel like I can call it a label yet because I've only released well, our stuff. I would say you can because it's well, got records at the end. Maybe. And you've released a record. Possibly. And I've definitely put the fucking work there in. There you go. And the all money. All the stuff that's involved and the money. Yeah. Um, and I would actually say that the only obstacle is every new band that I want to release actually gets picked up by labels okay. like Life Lay Regret Records and Lethal Dose Records who beat me to all the releases that I want to do. Call out. Stop doing it. Bastards, stop being awesome. <laughs> no, please don't stop being awesome. Um so I don't feel like I can actually call it that, but thank you. But mm-hmm. I, I definitely put the work in to do it. But um the main reason I guess cuz we've always had an ethic and our scene has that ethic of just do it yourself. So it mm-hmm. felt weird that we would write all the music, record it all, work in the studio, do all of that stuff, and then have to give it to someone else to do the rest with it. Well, it's okay. like, well, it's our thing, and why don't we just see it through? And for me, and absolutely no criticism of people who do go through other labels, because obviously there's so much yeah. on offer by doing that in you know financial support and the exposure from certain sure. labels and things like that. Like, fuck, if we get an an offer, an opportunity to work with people who we're really aligned with, then that would be amazing. Yeah. And would certainly take some pressure off me. (laughs) Get it done by people who know a lot more what they're doing than than what I am. But Mm -hmm. um, at that stage, it was just like, well, let's just get it out. And for me, it was a way of standing by some of the ethics Mm -hmm. that that the band has, but also I just wanted to give it a go. Sure. Um, it was a cool challenge. I wanted to learn new skills. I wanted to see what it was like running a label and what was involved. Um, I personally really like the direct connection with the production yeah. side. Well, you really what's have, involved you have, in figuring out pressing vinyl and then... Yeah. You have a major hand in all parts of it. Yeah. yeah, and for us it was a bit, like it was a bit of, well... You know, if we're doing it and it's our product, why don't we have a say mm-hmm. all along the time? And for a lot of it as well, it was timing as well. It's yeah. like, well, we know we want a tour in this month or two. Sure. And so it means we have to get it out and get it already at this time. And if we wait for labels to get back to us or for labels to, you know, organize a release date in amongst all of their other releases, then it means that it doesn't slot in. And because you were really busy with I Exist, we only had one month free to do it. So it's like, well, why don't we just do it? And we don't have to, you know, worry about that stuff. So, um, so there was all that involved. 
and and like I was saying about that direct connection to all of the other production side of things, but um, direct connection to the people who were actually listening to our music sure. was, which was awesome for me because, um, can everyone hear the scratching? That yeah. was really good. I've got rip. eczema. Okay. Let her rip. I deal with this shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so actually being able to talk to the people who are buying every record or buying a t-shirt and having that direct connection and getting to know about them. And cause like, why should anyone give a shit about the noise that we're making? But sure. they do, they care. And yes. I, the least that we can do in response to that generosity is to acknowledge what a difference that makes and develop a yeah. relationship with them on that basis. So yeah. that has definitely been the best part yeah, that yeah. I love, but God, a lot of work. <laughs> I work full yeah. time. I try to have a social life. Yeah. I have a lot of health and fitness stuff I want to stay on top of. And yeah. then every other waking moment and many sleepless moments yeah. was done doing Devoted that. Doing that. Yeah. Well, so hats off to anyone who can manage yeah. that regularly and have multiple bands on there. Yeah. Like, fuck, brutal. Yeah. But yeah, so that was, it was just a cool challenge, personal challenge. Love learning so much about it. Mm-hmm. I hate that pressing plants get are so overwhelmed now. Not like I love that vinyl yeah. has a massive resurgence because I think it's such an interesting format. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm really stick to my timelines. I'm a bit, I don't want to say yeah, anal, yeah. but like I'm trying to be really, really organized to make things work. And luckily everything mm-hmm. has worked. Yeah. In the past, but um, with pressing plants, getting so overwhelmed with orders and not being able to ship things out on time. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Yeah, so that's actually been really cool for me to learn about, yeah. you know, that bigger picture sort yeah. of stuff. Um, but yeah, and, and yeah, having our own mates doing the artwork and having yeah. people we know and respect <coughs> working on, you know, that other side <coughs> of things was really cool too. Yeah, that's right. But it just made sense. You make it, so mm-hmm. see it through. All right, well... What what would you have to say of uh, what what would what's outright coming up in in your what can you reveal to everyone that has you guys have planned for the moment? Well, we did have some international plans in the works, but they've fallen through for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, we can pick that up again, mm-hmm. possibly next year. Um, yep. Other than that, we've actually just got a brand new drummer. Our old drummer Josh has decided to give up drums for now because he's um, really getting into training and other stuff. So if that's that's his interest and his passion and he's going to be bloody great at it. So we totally support him in doing that. We're all, you know, friends before we're a band. Mm -hmm. So we always um, encourage each other's individual pursuits. But um, that happened just a couple of months ago. So we've now got a new drummer called Rory. Mm -hmm. And we've just been jamming with him a little bit lately. Unfortunately, we've had to turn down some really cool opportunities as we're going through that transition. Sure. But now that that's all lined up, we can sort of give it a good crack again. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got his first show will be the Miles Away Blacklisted show in mm-hmm. May, which will be heaps of fun. It's Miles Away releasing their new LP. So yep. that'll be rad. And um, I can probably actually announce today that we'll be doing the Co Nation show in May as well. So they're getting nice. back together for this show and it, it's actually awesome in support of a great group. It's anti-homophobia, transphobia yep. day. And it's in support of a group called Minus 18 who 
we've actually done a lot of work for in the past in um, donating proceeds from some of our merch. Sure, cool. Um, we have an anti-homophobia song, which we did a shirt based on, and proceeds from that went to support this group. They're all underage kids or um, under-25-year-old kids doing their own work to support yeah, right. their, awesome. um, their peers in the LGBTI community. Mm-hmm. So if that doesn't encapsulate what our scene's about, you know, yeah. youth making it happen, doing their own shit, looking after each other and making sure. a positive change socially. Um, so we're all about that and we're able to um, support them. So this is great to have another opportunity to yeah. get behind them and tell people about the cool shit that they do. Yep. Um, we'll be playing with Weekend Nachos in June, which will be a mad show. Right. really love that band. That'll mm-hmm. be cool. And yeah, so now that we've got the drummer thing sorted, we can actually start rolling. Yeah, start rolling with yeah. that. And we actually, we, we released our record in October last year, yep. the LP. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that we've got a bit of breathing space again, it'll be awesome to start writing. Mm-hmm. Brett's already got some ideas down yep. for riffs and songs like that. And even just as a band, we had one of those random jams where someone's just playing a riff yeah. while someone else is tuning and then it turned into a 10 minute jam that went in every direction and it felt fucking awesome that's sick so yeah. it already feels like it's a really good combination the fit is good cool so I actually I'm actually really excited about writing the new stuff because I think it's going to flow really yeah, really well awesome. that's great so yeah a bit of all of that but cool. it's kind of been a bit hard every time we build momentum something happens yeah um, that, that, that's but that, something that's that happens with everyone yeah. yeah that's fine I mean like yeah same. We're still playing, you know, we've still got <clears throat> one or two shows a month and yeah. we definitely don't want to overload everyone because... It's the same thing with every band I've ever been in. Yeah. You always seem like, oh, this will be your ad and then... It yes, our friends are coming you. to yeah. Melbourne. Yes, we'll play with them. Oh, wow, this really cool international band's coming. Yes, we'll play with them. We have shows every weekend. Yeah. This yeah. is a bit too much. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it all balances out in the end. Yeah. It'll be fun. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's pretty mad. Do you have anything else you want to advertise? For your moment. Um, I think we've covered a lot. Thank cool. Thank you. All right. Brutal. Well, listen to Outright. Listen to my band, I Exist. Brutal. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>